Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hi, everybody. Cheryl Atkinson here with another edition of Full Measure After Hours. Today, we're going to take a look at back-to-back tragedies in the U.S. Navy in 2017 and how they provided a disturbing window into some critical weaknesses you might not have heard about. And as global developments promise to further challenge the U.S. Navy, really considered the greatest sea force in the world, we look at a sea change that some say is needed to ensure our national security. Joining me again today is investigative producer Daniel Steinberger. Great to be with you as always. Hope everybody is uh, staying healthy and practicing social distancing. This investigation was really a long time in the making, and I think it's important to give some background first so that you can understand the backdrop for the rest of the material. First of all, the USS Fitzgerald is a Navy destroyer. It was on duty in 2017 in June when in the middle of the night off the coast of Japan, some junior crew members that were on duty guided this ship into the path of a foreign cargo ship accidentally. The commander was asleep in his cabin at the time, getting ready to do some exercises in the China Sea the next day. He was awakened, in fact, his name was Bryce Benson. He was awakened by this 30,000-ton tanker coming bursting through his cabin inches from his head and his body, inches from crushing him. He got a concussion. He was passed out for some period of time. The crew managed to save him, but sadly it was the deadliest naval accident in four decades. Seven sailors were killed in this accident. Poor communication among the crew was blamed. Um, There were some shortfalls in training and maintenance and manning, the commander Benson had claimed. At the time, he was down a position of chief quartermaster in charge of navigation. He says that might have made a difference. So all of this happened. He accepted responsibility for the collision, as a commander does. He says there's no doubt there was failure among his team, and he was held accountable. He got a reprimand. His command was ended, and his military career was basically put on a path to an early ending. But something happened a few weeks later. After this USS Fitzgerald accident, this tragedy in 2017, another Navy destroyer, USS John S. McCain, also collided with an oil tanker, another ship, this one off of Singapore. Ten more sailors died. These back-to-back collisions, again, both were deemed avoidable in the fault of the commanders and the crew, and this got a lot of attention from Congress drew sharp criticism of the Navy, and prompted a fleet-wide review. So a little more time passes. 
and Commander Benson still being treated for his injuries, when he gets a call seven months after the accident, the Navy, he's told, is filing criminal charges against him and four other officers on the two ships, including he's being charged with negligent homicide the first time that such charges were leveled in a case exactly like this in the Navy. Never been done before. Now, we got an interview with Commander Benson, and he told us this was his first television interview. It's airing on Full Measure. You can see it later at fullmeasure.news if you miss it on TV and you're interested in more. But he told me this had never been done before. He was shocked to learn of these criminal charges being filed against him. And he told us he thought he was being scapegoated to distract from the Navy's fleet-wide problems. And Daniel, you worked hard to get this interview with Commander Benson. You worked on this really over a period of quite a few months. Yeah, I did spend a significant time um, talking to Commander Benson. And actually, he's been an interview that we've been courting for close to a year. Um, we initially reached out to his JAG lawyer, his um, military lawyer, almost a year ago. Um, and finally, we connected with him after kind of his case settled down um, at the beginning of this year. Um, and in talking to him, you know, I think he, he definitely is contrite. I think he definitely feels for the people that were lost. Um, he had seven sailors lost um, that he was in command of. Um, and, but I do think he really um, is angry. I think he, um, and this was his opportunity, I think he feels scapegoated by the, by the Navy in terms of how they operated. Um, and I also think he is trying to send a message that there, hopefully that there are things to learn from um, in this case. And I, and I think that really struck me. He's, he's, I think I found him very well spoken. Um, as he told you, he said there is no winner in this outcome. Um, and there are problems that need to be addressed. There were problems that needed to be addressed. Um, and he wanted the public to recognize that these were the circumstances that they were operating in in 2017. Um, that allowed this to happen. So he does not, um, you know, does not shy away from being, accepting responsibility. He, um, I think he realized once this happened, he's not going to never command a ship again. Um, but he does feel scapegoated in the way he was treated, um, in the fact that he was charged with negligent homicide. Um, and so that struck me as well. Do you have something to say and want to make your own podcast? Let me tell you how to do that for free with Anchor. Anchor has creation tools that let you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. You can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's all you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So we set about looking into the claims, whether Commander Benson was being scapegoated, what were the findings of this fleet-wide review, and we found that there had been a secret internal probe afterwards. And Navy Times obtained the results and published on this. They found, among other things, that USS Fitzgerald's radar controls didn't work before the collision, and they found that the crew members didn't know how to use them anyway that broken electronic navigational equipment had been cannibalized for parts to, quote, help keep the rickety system working. 
There were all kinds of problems with readiness issues. We explored some of those further in the story that we're airing on full measure, but also we found that the General Accountability Office, the GAO, um, is it government accountability now? General accountability? I think it's government. Anyway, the troubles, GAO said, in the Navy date back two decades. Basically, the conflicts in Afghanistan and Iraq left the Navy overworked and understaffed. The tensions in Asia and Russia have piled more demands on the Navy. And the GAO found that just as Commander Benson told us, the sailors and ships in the region were so busy, they didn't have time to train properly. So, you know, there was an issue, just like he said. And the Navy has told us that it's made a lot of great strides since those double disasters in 2017, implementing dozens of fixes and they even invited us to go aboard a Navy ship, the USS Cole, and Commander Ted Pledger showed us around and showed us some of the changes they said they've made, some of the fixes. Well, we did go on the USS Cole. Um, it, was being, it was stationed in Norfolk, Virginia, and was having some maintenance work being done. And of course, um, the ship is most remembered, perhaps, for a terrorist attack um, that happened to it 20 years ago in Yemen while they were refueling and they sustained uh, significant damage, and 17 sailors died. Um, and so, but the ship is back uh, and up and running, and it was obviously kind of cool to go on a Navy ship. Um, and we talked to the commander on board. You talked to the commander on board, um, and he had some interesting things to say. He told you know he told you that he told us that um, you know there were these incidences a couple of years ago in terms of with the bent, with the Fitzgerald and with the McCain. Um, and, uh, but he, but he says that a lot of, ch- a lot of changes have been made. Um, and as they're coming out of their maintenance phase now, um, he, he thinks they've seen changes and they've seen results. I mean, we saw some of the training there. We saw, um, they were doing fire drills. We saw them in simulators. Um, so they are at least portraying that they've started to make changes. Um, and I, and I believe that they think that they have made some changes and, as I mentioned before, I think there still probably is a lot of work to be, to be done as well. But it definitely was cool um, to go there. And the other thing that I think people may not know about it is that they really, um, we saw the, the spot where the, where the USS Cole was attacked. Um, and very poignantly, they have um, put stars on, on um, in that alley where, uh, you know, that was destroyed. So remembering the fallen soldiers. So that was very poignant to see. Um, and touching to see that. To tie up some loose ends, Commander Benson did successfully fight the criminal charges against him. Ultimately, and this was a nightmare for him because he felt he was really being targeted unfairly, but ultimately as he fought the charges, the military dismissed them without comment. But things weren't quite over for him in terms of the turmoil The day after the charges were dismissed, the Navy hit him with a censure and tried to basically retire him at a lower rank. And last December, he won that battle, too. He voluntarily retired due to medical reasons at his full rank. But this has just been, you know, just a trauma on top of trauma. He has post-traumatic stress disorder. He has the traumatic brain injury from the concussion, which... We've learned a lot of military folks have that from, in his case, the accident, but sometimes they get it just from concussive blasts during training, um, depending on 
where they're stationed and so on. So the end of his story, he says, is not really a happy one with a winner, obviously because so many deaths occurred, um, not just his own personal tragedy, but he constantly evokes the sailors who lost their lives in the tragedy. Um, so if you want to see more on his story and hear him tell it for himself, again, fullmeasure.news. It will air Sunday, March 29th for the first time and replay it online if you miss it on TV. I want to ask Daniel in covering the story, what surprised you the most? You know, that's a great question. I think the the thing that surprised me the most is the the length of time that this has been going on and sort of the depth of problems um, in terms of Navy readiness. It's manning, it's training, it's manpower, um, it's equipment, um, it's ship maintenance. There are a lot of factors. Um, and we've, I talked to a, a number of former admirals. Um, we talked to an undersecretary um, of defense, a former undersecretary of defense, who said it's not one smoking gun. There are many problems here. Um, and the other thing is that there, this, these problems are not going to go away overnight. The Navy has made some changes in the last two years since those two accidents um, in 2017. Um, but these are changes that are gonna, could take decades. Um, there's, there are some, of the, some of the stuff is embedded now in the culture, according to some of the people we've talked to. Um, so that really surprised me. I don't think this has gotten a lot of attention um, across the country at all. It certainly was interesting for me to learn more about the inner workings of the Navy, the greatest sea force in the world, but all kinds of challenges and demands and bureaucracy and struggles. So thanks so much for listening. Thanks to Daniel for working on the story with me. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you did, leave a comment, like it, share it with your friends, and consider subscribing to the Cheryl Ackeson podcast and Full Measure After Hours. Those are two of my podcasts. You can listen to them on iTunes or your favorite distributor, or visit CherylAckeson.com and just look at the podcast tab. You can listen to them right there. Do your own research, make up your own mind, think for yourself. Thanks for listening.